if I had to make a shout to Ashtray, he's actually from Georgia. If I had to make a prediction, Ashtray's probably going to die. They're not going to kill Fest. Like, I don't think Ashtray's spoken a single line on this show. He's been menacing the whole time looking crazy. I'll take that bet. If, yeah. if, if it's between those two, Fest goes out here. Yo, what's good, your boys? Opry 706. It's KTSC Ave Live, episode 94. We don't do nothing, we just kick it. Right now, it's just me and uh, Marcus Sniffle. Shout out to Tech Messiah, who allegedly fell down some stairs and like broke his back or something like that. Allegedly. Allegedly, you know. Speedy recovered to him, thought some prayers. Shout out to El Chapa, who's off the grid, 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 doing whatever she does. But anywho, let's jump right into it. Appreciate everybody rocks with us. Follow us on Twitter. Instagram, all that, all that jazz, and I'll get to my Instagram people later. But yeah, man, right now, <clears throat> the world, like this, this chapter of Black Mirror that's going on in the world is, is insane. And yes, we we have noticed the parallels, like Black Mirror disappeared and like the world went like to shit. So we're still in a pandemic, right? The pandemic hasn't ended, contrary to popular belief. But now we are experiencing another world event, which is uh, apparently World War Three, according to Twitter, which I have not been on a lot. But Twitter is going to Twitter. So, yes, we're in World War Three, according to Twitter. Uh, Russia has invaded the Ukraine. I'm not going to lie to you. I've not paid as much attention to the story as I should. But for I can see the Ukraine is holding it down. They're pretty gangster as far as their leadership. So I, I respect them holding it down. Um, I think America buying through some sanctions on Russia or something like that. But. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers to them cats out there. Uh, it's, it's crazy how war or conflicts are kind of lived in real time with social media. I've seen some videos, not sure if some of them are real or fake, but like I've seen videos of people help like jumping out of planes and parachuting down, like live streaming themselves, stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely some Call of Duty modern warfare shit for real going on out here. I also saw a video of an old lady get ran over in a tank, which was yeah, she lived, which was the crazy part. Like a tank, just like Grand Theft Auto, like ran her slap over. I was like, "Yo, this is crazy." I was like, "Yo, what's old lady doing driving around the streets?" So, like in in the midst of a a conflict, but she survived. There was like also a video of like missiles being shot, blown up like houses and shit. I was like, "Yo, like y'all are y'all are wild. Like they're wilding out there." So. But I mean, again, thoughts and prayers. Hope they resolve that stuff out there. What's good, Losi? Definitely uh, drink some, uh, <laughs> drinking some what, some vodka, you know, for our comrades out there or whatever the good side is. But yeah. Losi, uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> stupid. Losi said, I look like I'm about to battle rap. I might, I might be about to battle rap. You don't know my life. You know, so I got to pay these gambling debts off somehow. You know, I got to parlay. My L's in the in the freestyling random dudes and gutters and alleys and shit like that. So it is what it is. But anywho, um, moving up that. So the big thing for me right now is uh, Euphoria. I'm not sure if a lot of you guys watch Euphoria. It's kind of one of the biggest shows out right now. Uh, it comes on tonight, the season finale of this is season three, correct? Yeah, season actually season two. It's only season oh, two. Oh, wow. This is season two. Yeah, there's a big gap between season one and season two. So a lot is going on with Euphoria. Try to not spoil as much as we can, but I'm I'm not sure how they're going to pull this off unless there is like an hour and a half, hour, 45-minute episode. There's a lot of wild strings that need to be tied, like the whole Rue being a drug dealer arc, the whole 
bruised throttle situation that didn't seem resolved because I don't think she can stay away from um, Jules. Jules. Yeah, the whole like it's 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 a lot. It does seem like they kind of just jumped, like just came out of all of that stuff, all of the things that were happening to focus on uh, Rue's uh, mental breakdown from like two episodes ago. Not mental breakdown, but you know, she had a little bit of an issue. And then they just kind of were like, all right, we're just going to focus. This entire episode is going to be on this this uh, event that, uh, damn, I've or I feel like I'm. Is it a spoiler to say that there, there's a play going on? Can I talk about that? I feel like that's not a spoiler. I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll be. Uh... Yeah. So not, I'm not going to go into details about the play, but they did focus a lot of the episode on that play, like the play, what it was based on, where the inspiration came from, while not ever going back to what happened with uh, Rue O and that lady 10, 10 stacks. Or at least had because them drugs ain't coming back. The drugs are gone. Yeah. yeah. So well, and, and and not even that, like the whole cow situation with, with him and Nate oh, Jacobs and like I'm, I'm like, that. But where where's Cow? Where is Cow? I don't need any more anymore <laughs> anymore. I'm glad that he's gone. <laughs> cow somewhere bogan living his best life. I got all kinds of exotic oils on his chest. Like cows out here living a good life. You know what I'm saying? But it, again, it's just like there's just shots all over the place. It's but, a lot uh, going on that needs to be. A lot of things need to be resolved, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it in one hour. Um, and also, I don't know if this is slander or not, but there's a big uh, like following or like a, a Fesco clan or not fe- a Fesco hive or whatever. Like they're like, oh, that's my guy. I love this guy. He's like my favorite character. He is one of the most boring characters on this season. I think even last season he wasn't that intriguing. So I don't. I'm not sure what the hype is about him. I'm not trying to be a hater or anything. Nah, like that. The sure. hype is is that a he's a white dude that seems like he could possibly be a black dude. He deals drugs, um, but he's not exciting in that. Like even well, in that, it's still that's all it takes though. It's a it's a low bar for for white people to be cool or to get invited <laughs> to the cookout. Oh like, no, they're like, invited to the cookout. Yeah, man. It's like yeah, your fizz, he's our guy. You know, ashtray. They're so gutter. Like, dog, they live a terrible life. I'd like to see more ashtray. Honestly, I think they should have gave us a little bit more of that character as opposed to Festo. Like, ashtray seems like he's about that life. If I had to make a shout out to ashtray, he's actually from Georgia. If I had to make a prediction, ashtray's probably gonna die. They're not gonna kill Fizz. Like, I don't think ashtray's spoken a single line on this show. He's been menacing the whole time, looking crazy. I'll take that, but if, yeah. if, if it's between those two. Fesco's out here. Ashtray, they're not getting rid of Ashtray like that. Nah. Ashtray doesn't do anything. He, it's not that he does nothing, but he is a he. It wouldn't make any sense as far as like drama wise if they were to kill him. Like like you said, he 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 hasn't done much this season. So if they were to off him, it wouldn't mean anything because he's it's like okay, he just he's just been in this season waiting around to die. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you have to keep it, is a, it could be a plot device for Fezco, though. It could turn or a plot device for Ashtray. You said what? Or a plot device for Ashtray to give him some more shine, give him a reason to be on the show. Because if you kill, I mean, like, Fezco is already have a, Fesco, a, have a relationship with, 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 with Fezco, and uh, that's why his on. that's why his death would mean more. That that that's just me looking from like a creative artistic standpoint, like. Um, when when TV shows like know that they're going to kill people off, they usually tend to kill people off that matter. 
you just can't kill off a random person or it doesn't feel the same. Like, like when I was watching Game of Thrones, there were certain people that when they died, it hit harder because it was like you had you built you built something with them. You had a relationship with them. You knew where they came from. You know what their story was. You know what they were about, where they were trying to go, what they were trying to do. Like, spoiler alert for a show that came out five years ago. But when uh, Rob Stark, Red Wedding, when that happens, that hits a lot harder than if um, you probably don't remember. But the guy that was with him that got taken into the back, that was that that married off uh, Walter Frey's daughter. They just captured him for like a season or two and you never saw him again. If they'd have switched roles, if Rob Stark would have just got captured for a season and a half and brought back as, and that guy would have got killed, nobody is talking about the Red Wedding because we don't care about that guy. That guy is a nobody. Rob Stark means something to us, so his death means more. I mean, the Red Wedding was still kind of lit, though. I mean, but... Not if Rob Stark doesn't. If Rob Stark is not there, like, obviously his mom being there meant something, but if Rob Stark is not there, if he's there and he doesn't die, the Red Wedding isn't what isn't that cultural phenomenon that is proclaimed to be okay well home actually for you the the play i i was i was dying watching that play was hilarious. that was like you know what i tweeted out from one of my my rare tweets because i don't be on there no more because i take back all the nice things said about twitter twitter's ass but um yeah that is definitely a play that would be encouraged at euphoria high school like that's definitely par for the course Nobody clearly read the script for this play. Like, Yo, can we uh can we see this play before we read it? Can we, <laughs> can we get the cliff notes? Like, Something I, like hey, what's this play gonna be about? We over here ejaculating giant penis <laughs> silhouettes or drop it down, like there's dry humping, thrusting, like drug use. You're clearly talking about students at your high school talking about them being drug addicts and drug dealers. I'm like, what is going on? Like overdosing and all that. All people homosexuals on the low, like it's 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 out of control. But shout out, shout out to Ethan though. Like I, I didn't catch it the first go around, but when I rewatched it again, I was like, "Yo, he's playing. He was damn near every character in that play." But like, if you go back and watch it, he plays the mom. He plays like some hobo. He played the main character in the dance at the end. He played a lot of characters. And he really put he put on for that episode. Like shout out to him. Yeah. If there's like an award for best one episode scene, like he should get it. Yeah, I uh, when I was watching it last week, I. Uh... I guess I let the the TV or the Xbox keep playing, and it played like the the behind the scenes of the episode. It was actually really cool, showing how they you know went over the dance routine and how he explained how he played all those roles. Um, side note: allegedly in this episode, uh, your, your man's uh, had a cameo. Tom Holland apparently was in the crowd. I don't believe that. I I think there's some pictures of. of <laughs> I see that picture. I don't think that's him. <laughs> I mean, it could be. That'd be a cool little like. That'd be an easy like Easter egg cameo to do. Like I didn't really yeah do, for sure research. But second podcast, it was it. Like Tom Holland made a cameo. The Spider Man triad was complete. That'd be like the third character on Spider Man that's on that show. Um, but yeah, that'd be kind of cool if they confirmed that. But what up, Chan? Always supporting the podcast. Appreciate it. But yeah, I'm curious to see how they wrap this up. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild one. And hopefully, there's not such a big gap between this season. And next season, because if if it ends like kind of a cliffhanger, I, I don't know if I want to have to wait and hear all the the hype and the, the the theories or whatever. But guess what? I'm not on Twitter, so I won't. So it, it does well, matter. I, I know for me, I'm not. This isn't a show that's can go. <clears throat> this this show can't go longer than five seasons. Like five seasons is pushing it because obviously 
they're in high school. And it seems like once you get out of high school, like the, uh, the black kid, that's a football player, you're pretty much done with the show. Like you get out of high school, you're out of here. So this show, I feel like at most has four year, four seasons in it. Like, I feel like this is going to be kind of where characters kind of maybe break off this season. Like there's a lot of things that are going to come to a head that could cause a big fracture. And then maybe season three, they work on themselves individually and maybe for season four, they kind of come back together and they just end it all or do something. But this, you can't have a sh- series or a show where the highs where it's so intense, whether it be in the positive or the negative and do it for seven or eight seasons. Like you just, people just can't handle that. It's just too much. Oh yeah. It's definitely not going more than four or five seasons. Um, also, another side note, I, I'm going to have to go with my, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I would have to say that uh, Cassie's character, Sydney Sweeney, is the best cast and best actor on the show. This season. I'll give you for this season. I thought I thought the character that, uh, I don't know uh, her name, but whoever played Jules last season, I think she did the best job last season. But this season, I'll give you for that. Yeah, uh, I'd say Jules was my favorite character uh, last season. Hunter Schaefer was my favorite character last season. But, like, Cassie, she is acting her ass off, man. Like She's been she, she's pretty much been the, the focal point for this year. Yeah. She, she, her, like, her facial expressions are crazy. Like, she's really into her character. Uh, Lo says we're sleeping on Maddie. Uh... I think Maddie is taking. She's taking a turn to where, I think last season a lot of people didn't like her, like they just kind of thought of her as like the quote unquote mean girl. But now you're kind of like, damn, like I kind of feel sorry for you. Like you were kind of in a shitty situation dealing with a shitty guy, a shitty boyfriend, and now your quote unquote best friend does this to you. It's like, is she becoming like a sympathetic character? Where it's like, wow, like, am am I am I feeling something for her as far as like not hating her because for the most part i hate everybody on the show like, there's nobody likable on the show really but I, I i kind of feel bad for maddie this season like she's kind of been dealt a bad hand like she's doing the best she can this season and it's nothing is working wowzers it's blown up her face <laughs> like everything uh da, da, da. I'm trying to find out how old she is i think someone said she's like 31 or something like that and that's another reason why this show can't go too much longer because <laughs> these these actors are clearly not high schoolers. So <laughs> by the time we'll by the time we'll catch up with them and what they ask, because I mean Rue could probably still do this like because Black don't crack, but these other actors ain't gonna be able to hold on too much longer. <laughs> I'll probably get officially it show up on. Let's see, oh, it might be even that kind of close to the vest. Damn. Oh no, no, she's not. She's born in. Uh, she's born in 1990, so yeah, yeah. yeah she's, she's in her 30s. Wow. That's. I mean, good, for you. Good for. Shout out to the people that are still young enough in their 30s to play high schoolers, because that's a that's a blessing. Like, yeah. that's cool. That's good that you can still that you still look young enough and still in shape enough to portray a high schooler. Because I don't think I can do that. At least not my hairline can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my hairline's in the sixties right now. Jesus Christ! All right, moving, moving right along. 
Uh, let's go to so just real quick. I don't know if you guys are big DCEU heads or Batman fans, but it, it seems like there's been like zero hype for this movie that actually looks pretty good, but like it, it just seems like the hype isn't there, right? Uh, for Spider Man, for example, they were talking about people like scalping tickets for Spider Man, like reselling Spider Man tickets. Like the hype for that movie seemed to be the highest I had seen for a movie in quite some time, which is crazy that people were buying tickets and reselling them, right? But again, for DC to have, like, historically, the most popular characters with Batman and Superman, for this movie to have zero hype, it's just like, oh, yeah, I see, like, advertisements, go get your tickets March 4th, but as far as, like, the timeline and stuff like that, just people talking about it, I'm sure it'll do numbers, but I feel like it should do bigger numbers than what it what it's about to do so but again i'm interested i'll probably go check it out but just to me the buzz doesn't seem to be there i think this is just going to be one of those last minute movies that people are just like oh shit this movie is out like it, it i think maybe thursday night might not be its best showing but i think word of mouth will happen and then people you know recognize like hey batman's out like they're gonna see it that weekend because every batman movie regardless of who's in it is goes platinum or you know does a, a billion uh box office or whatever like batman is the most recognizable hero between him and superman like they're the most recognizable hero so people are going to go see, see their movies i'm very interested in this movie like even even as someone that's interested in seeing this this movie i forgot when it, that it was coming out like in a week like i forgot about that so yeah i'm probably like for spider-man like yo you better get your tickets now or you're not yeah. gonna get any seats for the movie it's just like oh okay batman is lit whatever um it yeah slow ski it does look like some heat and that's the that's the thing that's what i'm saying like it it's heat but it seems like nobody cares now, and I don't, you know, we're, we're in the midst of world war three so maybe that that doesn't yeah, yeah that, that might have something to do with it and i always there's a part of me that always wants to say well maybe it's just superhero fatigue but if uh, I'm if waiting Dr. for the next Marvel trailer, <laughs> I was saying like with Doctor Strange too, when that trailer dropped at the Super Bowl, people were going. I'm, well, I don't know because I was ten thousand feet in the air. Uh, I'm sure that when the uh, that Doctor Strange trailer dropped, people were excited to see that. They were like, "Yeah, I'm going to go see that." But I mean, and maybe that's where they dropped the ball. They should have put something out for the Super Bowl because that's, I mean, that's that's not easy money because clearly it costs a lot of money to do that, but. Maybe that's where the hype dissipated at, where Doctor Strange overtook it. But I still think this is going to be a great movie. Like I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm doing everything I can to avoid any Doctor Strange theories. I've seen them all. <laughs> Videos. I've seen, I'm, I'm I've seen doing, them a lot. I, I'm not. Like I said, I've seen the podcast before. I'm not doing the whole thing I do with the Endgame shit and doing all these predictions and watching these rabbit hole videos. I just want to see the movie and be excited when I get there. Um, one thing about the Batman movie that I saw that was funny. Uh, somebody made a joke on Twitter when I when I poke my head in there. Uh, the dude that's playing the Riddler in this movie, Paul Dano, said he <laughs> suffered from insomnia while per portraying the Riddler. And somebody tweeted out, he slept like a baby when he was in 12 years sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yo, why can't these people play Batman Village to be like, yo, I made a lot of money and bought a new boat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why is it always have to be like the toughest role of your life? Like maybe it was, but like, damn, like what what are they doing to all these movies? Like, I, that's, is that is that's that, that's like a thing you have to do for Batman movies? It has to be this fucking journey, and 
you know, I had to do pills and I had to go sleep in a psychiatric ward for, for four weeks. And I get you do things to get into character, but like, I feel like you need to say that after the movie comes out because, like, what if it's what if he's mid? Like, what if the Riddler's garbage? Just like, yeah, that's like you did all that work. You had all, you had all the nightmares. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, and take that melatonin. Go to sleep. <laughs> go ahead, like, take that nap, bro. Yeah, go ahead, take that nap. You, you're, you're wasting your life. For, they said, they said Jack Nicholson. <laughs> he said he scheduled his like shooting time for when he did the, did the Joker. They scheduled it around the Lakers home games, like. He knew what time it was. Like, he was there to just collect that check. He was like, no, nah, I'm going to go see these games, dog. I ain't, I'm not missing these games. I'll show up to work when this game is over. I respect I respect the king that has his priorities in order. Not sure if he's still prioritizing the Lakers games because they are ass right now. So yeah. Big ass. Real quick. And this isn't a topic. We're not We're not, we're not uh, going to go into this too much. But before we, if we get too far removed from it, I was uh, asking on Twitter, like, you know how people were upset about the uh, the Super Bowl halftime show when it was in Atlanta. We got like Maroon Five, and I don't know if anybody else was there, but people were clamoring for the first hip hop show should have been in Atlanta for the Super Bowl halftime show. So I asked, uh, and we could save this for another time. Who is the Atlanta artist that is big enough to host a Super Bowl halftime show? that is also willing to give up some creative control because I'm the, when I looked at it, the only one that was suggested to me that could work is Jermaine Dupree and like, who else is there? Cause a lot of people were saying outcast, but outcast was uh, approached about doing the Super Bowl halftime show and they were pretty much going to do it. But some of the songs, I think it was, I can't remember what song it was, but the NFL was like, hey, can you just do some of the songs? Like, they're not doing full songs at the Super Bowl. And Andre 3000 was like, no, we either do the full song or I'm not doing it. And he didn't end up doing it. So Outkast is not willing to give up creative control to do a Super Bowl halftime show. So you have Jermaine Dupree, Lil Bow Wow, like who who from Atlanta? Lil Bow Wow at the damn Super Bowl. But but that's what I'm I'm asking because people are saying like Atlanta deserved it. Who is going to be up there? Who do you put up there that has that has songs that everybody knows, that white people know, that white people will get up for? Because that's who's in that audience. That's who's paying for these sponsorships. That's who's, all that money is going to. You can't have no, I, you can't have Future on the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm sorry, he's not big enough to be up there. You can't have Jeezy. You can't have Gucci. You can't have the Migos. Who like Ludacris? Ludacris would be a good one. Ludacris, Jermaine Dupri. Who else are we putting up there? And we can we can uh, we don't have to go right. Ludacris, I mean, if, if that's the case, then you probably could slide in the Migos then, because they have they have hits that everybody know. Like if you for did the, like that, I'm not saying they do like more than one song, but you could they could do no. like Bad and Bougie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what would be the other song? Bad and Bougie. What was another commercial hit? I don't I don't like the Migos as you know, but um, what? <laughs> yeah, what's the other hit? I have one that was in the Mountain Dew commercial. I can't think of the name of the song, but that that song would probably it was in the uh, NBA commercial. Also, it's like they make NBA commercial music, but like like I'm saying, like who are these? You gonna put two chains up there? You can't put two chains on a Super Bowl halftime show stage as much what? as we love yeah. being that guy. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, it would have to be it ha- the headliner would have to be like Ludacris and then like Jermaine Dupri and maybe bring on some old acts for some older songs, but kind of on the the Super Bowl. 
I was listening to as the one, you know, committed listener of the Joe Budden podcast. <laughs> he he had some comments about the Super Bowl saying that it was a bit cheapened, I guess, that he feels like that for the acts they had, it should have been made a bigger deal. That some people might not understand, like the Dr. Dre and Super, some of the you know greatest artists of all time, along with Mary J. Blige and Eminem, and it doesn't seem like they got kind of their fair due. And he was also saying, like, yo, you know, you know, the stage was set up where they were kind of on opposite ends and other people couldn't see and they weren't really, you know, getting hype. And my pushback on that is like, bro, they're like all 50 years old. Like Snoop Dogg's not gonna be running around the stage, Dr. Dre's not gonna be running around the stage. You're not gonna get a lot of energy from Snoop Dogg, period. That's just how he is. And then Dr. Dr. Dre has had his health issues. He's an older dude. You could tell 50 Cent hasn't been in the gym since in the club. And he ate all of G unit. So he's not gonna give you much. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I that that's where I would push back. But I, I think that what they wanted was to get more, I guess, from Kendrick Lamar as well, since he's kind of the new, the new up and coming leader of the pack or whatever. I don't know. They they had some criticisms, but I was like, eh, I, I get it, but I think if they really if they really wanted to show off the headliners as far like it should have been a Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg halftime show. Like you can Mary J. Blige and can sit down. You probably could have sat down Eminem. He got the biggest applause. I, I understand that, but you probably could have sat Eminem, 50, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick down and just been like, it's just going to be Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. And, and you know what? Maybe maybe you have an appearance from 50 Cent because In the Club is like an amazing, like everybody knows that song. Everybody knows what time it is when that comes up. And maybe you have like one, maybe you squeeze in Eminem but I feel like it's like we could have had a fifth because they only got 15 minutes, right? If you got they felt it was shorter for them, but they actually went back and looked and it was about the same time for everybody. Yeah, if you got 15 minutes of Snoop and Dre doing their biggest hits and they're only doing a verse and a half in the chorus, like Snoop and Dre have plenty of hits. I'm not saying it would have been a good idea, but maybe have maybe bring out the Tupac hologram, do a Tupac song in there, throw something like that in there. Like you didn't, it didn't need for the very first uh, hip hop Super Bowl halftime show. It didn't need to be filled all the way to the brim. It didn't need to be like, all right, we're gonna try to put as many uh, West Coast artists and big name artists that are uh, affiliated with Dr. Dre in this one show. You know, like it's it's almost like it's almost like they didn't realize the catalog that Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg had, they were just like, okay, we got Snoop and Dre, but we need something else. Like, if you have Snoop and Dre, you don't need anything else. You're good. Um, yeah. In theory. Maybe not for the... I feel like you're good. You have Snoop and Dre headlining your show I for 15 minutes. Everybody, like, people know these songs. Those songs are timeless songs. That's who they are. So I, I get what uh what the uh Joe Budden podcast and the guy that's not a camera are saying all the time. Yeah, so but you honestly get it though. Like it was one of those things where um it left much to be desired, but maybe an artist that you could do that would give up creative control just because he wants the bag and that he could do songs with features that everybody knows is Jay-Z. Jay-Z could do. Nah, he could. Super Bowl halftime show? Yeah. Is he bringing Beyonce? Huh? Is he bringing Beyonce with him? He would have to. 
that'd be part of the deal. That's her third time doing it, though. That'd be her third time. I don't know. She got to do everything, but she got to come and do at least two songs. It would be her third time doing this. She came out with a Coldplay. I mean, well, she. I mean, they're trying to collect the bag, so I mean, I mean, I get that. I don't know if you want your. I don't know if you want to be, and and maybe it's not. Maybe I'm. It's just my brain thinking like. If you continuously do the Super Bowl halftime show, your act becomes watered down. You know what I'm saying? Like, it should be a special event to see some of these artists live. And if you're always, like, if you see the same artist every year at the Super Bowl halftime show, it kind of gets stale. Yeah. I'm not saying Beyonce is a stale artist, but that's kind of, it could be, be perceived that way. Like, oh, Beyonce again? You know? For the common fans, not for, you know, people that actually appreciate what she does as an artist. Yeah, and I also think that there will be a uh, there will be a backlash of next year's Super Bowl. It's gonna be, what? It's a black. It's gonna be it's just like how how Trump got elected after uh, Obama. There's gonna be all the electric guitars in next year's Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know who the biggest rock star are right now. It's gonna be it ain't gonna be one eight oh eight. There's not gonna be one snare. It ain't gonna be none of that shit. There'll be, be no crip, crip walking at the yeah, same next pocket, like yeah. That, we we might be done for the next two or three years. Nah, I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and put my money on it now. I'm putting my name on it right now. 2000 was it 2022 Super Bowl halftime show? Where's the Super Bowl at next year? This is in Florida. Uh, I know it's in Vegas in 2023 season. Damn, where is it next year? I don't know. Let's let's okay. see where it is. Okay, 2022 Super Bowl. Because I'm pretty much I, I have a pretty good uh feeling about where the uh who the what direction they're going to go to if you think there's going to be a backlash? I think I know uh, the artists. It's going to be in Arizona. Oh, in Arizona? Oh, hell yeah. So I'm putting my money on it right now. We'll we'll pull this up once it gets announced because I feel pretty good about it. I'm going to go to DraftKings and put a bet on it. It's going to be Taylor Swift. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. The, exactly. That's the backlash you're talking about. Taylor Swift hosting the halftime show at the Super Bowl next year. Book it. Call your bookie right now. Tech Messiah and let him know. <laughs> Put fifty dollars on Taylor Swift plus six hundred or whatever it is. Yuck. Speaking of random bets, I saw there was a bet out for plus two hundred that Tom Brady will sign with the San Francisco 49ers. Which I, I immediately thought was like, yo, this is the worst odds ever. However, these these uh these these uh bet makers, these odds makers, they be knowing stuff, right? And the fact that as bad as Jimmy Garoppolo was, that Trey Lance cannot overtake him, that 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 is that that leaves some concerns. You know what I'm saying? Because like you could look at it as like, yo, why do we spend three first round draft picks to get, you know, and you you can't be Jimmy G. And let's say in theory they did sign Tom Brady, the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. So if you if you were hypothetically able to do that with Tom Brady. Nobody cares about the three first round draft picks you waste on Trey Lance. Like at the end of the day, you got it's about winning the chip. If you can help you win the chip, you you'd have to win the chip not to look like an idiot. That's that's what it would have to be. So, but I don't know if Tom Brady would fit well in that offense. Though. I feel like this is just part of Tom Brady's legacy thing that he's doing. He's not coming back. That man's done. But uh, I did put out. I'm also gonna you know put my name on it if it happens. So. I kept seeing reports that other teams were uh, trying to – not other teams were trying to, but that – excuse me, the Colts are pretty much looking to move move on from Carson Wentz. 
And I saw like somebody was saying like, oh, the Steelers might be in play and the Buccaneers might be in play to get Carson Wentz or he just might get released. If, if the Colts are able to trade Carson Wentz and get any kind of value for him next season or through the length of his contract, if the Colts can get any value for Carson Wentz in a trade, I will get a horseshoe tattoo because that is an untradeable player if I ever saw one. That contract is as his play is as like I don't know why anybody would be like, hey, you know what? We've watched him suck it up and stink it up for two seasons. How about we give up a third round pick for Carson Wentz? Like, no, I don't see it happening. I mean, the 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 man for competent quarterback play is very high. So I I, I would be I would be surprised. Is not that competent. He is not <laughs> like if he's a he's one of those big play quarterbacks that can't make the easy buckets. Like he's one of those players that he'll he'll make a shot when he's being triple teamed, falling away. But on a fast break layup, he'll miss that one. And those are the ones that we needed. We needed a lot of easy layups, and he just missed them all. So King Quest is saying he thinks <clears throat> he heard that Russ wants to be a Colt. I've heard st- reports about him going to the Steelers. Yeah. So, I, I mean, none of this really matters until Aaron Rodgers decides what he's going to do. Then after that, that's when all the chips will fall. So. Facts. Yeah, if we get – I mean, like I said, if we can get any type of value for Russell Wilson – or, Jesus, don't – please give me hope. Like, if, if that happens, thank you, Jesus, because, you know, that would be a, a major upgrade. But like I said, if we can get any value for Carson Wentz, I will get a horseshoe tattoo. Like – uh, that's that would be an amazing thing to have happen, and I don't think it's going to happen. So that's why I feel pretty confident about this bet. I'm feeling two for two right now. I'm going two and zero, two and zero on my bets. Taylor Swift and Carson Wentz is not getting traded for any value. So just to briefly stick on football again, <laughs> I, I poke my head in on Twitter here and there, but somebody was like, "Yo, man, like." Matt Ryan is trending on Twitter during World War, World War Three. Like, how? Like, stop! Like, what are y'all doing, man? Like, y'all cannot keep y'all man, y'all, y'all name that man's names off your fingertips on Twitter, like all day, every day. It's always something. There was a always post something. about. There was a post about uh, if uh, should Cam does Cam Newton have a case for being in the Hall of Fame, and that turned into a Matt Ryan discussion. I was like. Good God, man. And you see why I've been off this. Every time. Like, we're talking about Cam Newton. And that, and for me, in my my uh, opinion, if Eli Manning and Matt Stafford are Hall of Famers, Cam Newton's a Hall of Famer as well. Like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to keep we're not gonna keep Cam Newton out of the Hall of Fame if we're letting those two mediocre white quarterbacks in. Because it's still Black History Month, and we're still slandering mediocre white quarterbacks. Yeah, somebody tweeted out, I hate the Falcons fan base so much, shaking my head. One half is the logical football heads who actually know what they're talking about. And the other half is Mad Mike and other Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley Harris who don't want anything but to talk down and see them fail. Uh, if you don't know who Mad Mike is, he is notoriously bad on Twitter with Falcons. <laughs> like, I, I just had to block him because he said some crazy shit about Calvin Ridley's mental health. He's like, uh, I guess he's like a shock jock. I guess we're giving him free promo. Uh, but yeah, he's like a, a shock shock hot take. He's terrible. Like he's really bad. But the, the sad thing is with sports and like the sports media space is that like the worse you are, like the more people gravitate to you for whatever reason. Like people like bad shit. It's like a train wreck. Like I 
shout to Aaron Freeman, uh, Lockdown Falcons. I know he just started his YouTube or whatever, but like I see episodes of Mad Mike that have like way more views than his, and I'm like, how is this possible? Like Mike has no no idea what he's talking about. Like Aaron gives like analytical, logical breakdowns, unemotional, unemotion driven breakdowns of the team. I'm like, yo, y'all, y'all. Why are y'all doing this? Why are y'all feeding yourselves poison? Go get the real. Go listen to Lockdown Falcons. God knows some Durbanish reports recorded again, but whatever you tell us <laughs> after that one, uh, then we'll see what's up. But yeah, man, y'all are terrible, man. Well, there was terrible. a there was a clip going around with Stephen A. Smith a few months ago, and I, I feel bad because I can't remember the two women's names that were also in the video, but it was him. They were talking about Kevin Durant's legacy or something like that. And Stephen A started to get revved up and doing that whole like, well, he's not a, a winner because you had to go run and play with Steph, and then you left Steph, and now you're not gonna win, blah, blah, blah. Then the two women, the two black women that were on his side, also on the show, were just like, No, let's write it back in. And they gave a competent, you know, intelligent take on Kevin Durant that wasn't drenched in hyperbole the way Stephen A was. And it and that clip didn't go anywhere. Like that's not you're not gonna see that clip go crazy on Twitter. You're not going to see people talking about that clip because it's not the whole hot take. I'm yelling. I'm using four syllable words, but that's, that's what ESPN is. It's entertainment. That's what the E and ESPN stands for. It's entertainment. Stephen A. Smith is an entertainer. He's doing his job, but there's also people that are smart when it comes to talking about sports that are intelligent and can be funny at the same time while doing this, while not just sounding like they're just making it up as they go along. And, I mean, ESPN has pretty much uh, hitched his wagon to Stephen A. Smith. He's on every show, every day, all the time. He talks about, he's doing MMA now. Stephen A. Smith does MMA. Like, seriously? Why? <sighs> yeah, like, I, I he's their highest paid employee. He's the most overworked employee. So they're going to get their money's worth out of him. Wow. Imagine a, a black person carrying carrying a network or a country or a genre of music or you know art. you know happy black history month shout out to Stephen a smith except like i want to skip bales back carry yeah. a load yeah yeah so yeah that's all it's all bad all bad so let's get to the main topic man i didn't really care about none of that stuff earlier so, uh recently I was doing some traveling, and I I needed some stuff to listen to. And after watching the the first part of the Genius documentary uh, about Kanye West, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that these guys or there's this podcast called Dissect that went over albums. I, I heard about it, and like I don't know, I'm weird with podcasts. I'm starting to ch- kind of change my pi- podcast style up a little bit. A majority of it would be sports and news, and news is. Uh, News is like bad all the time, and it's a lot going on. It's like all kind of trash. I, I sound like the uh, the people that are like, "Oh, you can't trust CNN and Fox." And I was like, "Yeah, they're, they're all skewed in a way." But it's like the news just—it's overbearing sometimes. I was like, you know, let me listen to something else. So I'm like, you know what? Let's check out this dissect podcast. They break down some albums, and I wanted to check out the one on an album that I like that a lot of people do not like and it it bothers me that they do not like it and that would be Kanye West's Jesus. So they did a comprehensive breakdown. Uh if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. 
Um, it's called Dissect, and they go over various albums. And they went over Jesus, which to me, I enjoyed a lot. Like, I'm not in the camp of the people that kind of want the quote-unquote old Kanye, that it wasn't the old soul samples and the happy-go-lucky Kanye West or whatever. Like, if you like music production, things of that nature, like, that that album is is excellent, like, sonically. Just what you get to hear like a departure from his norm and it's still great. And then after listening to that podcast, I appreciate well first thought the album was great. I saw the Jesus tour live, which made me appreciate the album more. And then now listening to that dissect podcast, this might be this this might have bumped Jesus to like probably my favorite kind of album. Like I'm listening to the dissect on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy now. So I might go back, but like, I don't know if like this dude, the the let me I don't know, let me do him some credit. Talk while I find the dude's name real quick. Well, they did have on Jesus. There are soul samples on there. There are remnants of oh. the quote unquote old Kanye, but and we'll talk about this when we talk about the, with the documentary. The old Kanye is the same Kanye that he's always been. You're just paying attention to him now. People have to listen to him when he speaks. But when it comes to Jesus. I've said this previously. I think if they went with, you know, Blood on the Leaves or Bound to as the first single as opposed as opposed to Black Skinhead, this album is received a lot differently, I think. At least at least initially. Like people went into the album um with Black Skinhead as the lead single being like, ah, I don't know. This is something. This is way left field for me, and I don't know if I can get into this. And now you're going into the album with doubts already. So shout out to Cole Kuchner. He's the host of the podcast. I think I said his name wrong, but with with Jesus, I don't know if I don't know. Like I know he he backed up some of his thoughts with the album with uh, some of the things that Kanye West has said before and in, like interviews and stuff like that, but. I feel like he can't, he couldn't project enough with the like parallels and all the, the, the layers to the album to the point where like it wasn't all done like directly. Like everything, like everything on that album had a meaning, like everything meant something. So just to tie in another, another various form of art, uh, which is like TV, like at, at the highest levels, right? People would argue, and I've, I've had this argument with I got a Grammy. Um, and other people um, with The Wire versus Sopranos, right? So I'm on, I got the season three of The Wire. I actually just rewatched season one again. So my wife just finished it, so I just watched it with her again. So I've watched season one like two times in like a three-week period, right? So I I would say, and after you listen to the podcast or that podcast, if if you're really objective, I would say that, the Sopranos and Yeezus are kind of the same in a sense that like with the Sopranos, everything has a meaning, the music, the scenes, the people, like everything has a meaning on that show. Just like with Yeezus, if you listen to it with the ears, of somebody that wants to hear college dropout and somebody that's like not going to take the time to, to get additional information, you'd be like, yo, the same for me. But like really listen to how he broke things down with the album and like things that he did with the album like musically, like it, it is it is incredible. Like even if you don't like that album, I, I say give that podcast a shot. I think it would change your perspective 
as far as like the story that Kanye West was telling, and then like the things they did musically <clears throat> were was incredible. Like, I don't think there's too many artists that put that much that much effort and that much work and that much time. And if you watch the the Genius documentary, it makes sense. Than Kanye West, like even I would have to say that Kanye West is probably like up there with like Prince. You know what I'm saying? As far as like his talent and his skill and his attention to detail with with music and, and what he does as a producer or acting as a director for his albums, he might not make every beat or press every note or whatever. But as far as him directing artists, what to do, working with other producers, collaborating with other musicians to create a top tier product is is second to none and it's it's yeah it is that album is is even greater now listening to the podcast it's like uh quincy jones-esque or even like p diddy the way they put uh music and projects together and and that's something that comes with being an all-time great uh artist like kanye west or the beyonce or the kendricks or whoever when they do stuff they're not just out here putting anything out there like every word so because i i and just kind of I, I know we're promoting another podcast while being on a podcast but on like the dissect podcast they were talking about uh they were breaking down like a kendrick lamar verse from beyonce's album and they were breaking down like his syllable count that was matching the words that he was saying like it wasn't just him saying things it was how he was saying them that went along with the song and it goes along with kanye west and when it comes to Jesus. What I liked about when he was explaining the album was that he he made sure to explain like, hey, this is what this is what Kanye West was coming from, and this is where he was at, and this is what he was trying to do. Like, this is where he was kind of the direction that he was going to. It wasn't just some random, okay, I just did. I'm coming off of Watch the Throne, and I'm just going to do Jesus with nothing in between that, with no explanation of where my life is going. Because from Watch the Throne to Jesus. He got married and, and had a baby and was trying to get into fashion. And those things, that's a lot for anybody to deal with. Those are a lot of big time life events. And he was putting that type of energy into his music, like the whole fatherhood thing, the whole married thing. Those are things that a lot of people can relate to. But being as creative and as influential and as on top of your game as Kanye was in 2012, and to be rejected by the fashion industry, even while doing the things that need to be done to be respected by the fashion industry is very frustrating for, for anybody. It, it would be frustrating for anybody to be like, yo, I want to do this, this, and this. I've done the proper steps to get there. I've shown that I can be uh, successful. I've shown that I can make money. I've shown that I can be creative. I've shown I can push the boundaries and they're still not letting me in the doors. They're still not giving me creative control. They're still not letting me do what I want to do. How do I get that? How do I express the way I'm feeling about that rejection through my art? And that's what that's kind of what you have to understand when you're listening to Jesus. You have to go in there with that mindset of a guy who's like pissed off at everybody because they're not letting him do what he wants to do. So instead of doing what he normally does, he's going to give you something totally different. And it's going to fuck with you for a little bit because y'all are fucking with him. Yeah, I, like, it, yeah. And I guess it, it helps that he. I just saw a commercial for the Batman. Oh, great! great. I, I guess it helps that he, and and it kind of just 
and, and it's hard to to do this. It's probably not fair to do this, and I'm sure you'll get a kick out of this, but it makes you look at people like J. Cole, who is also a rapper slash producer, and it's like, yo, like you you've and maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I should go back. Maybe there's some deep dive, but like I, I don't think that anybody else is doing what Kanye West did on his albums, especially with Jesus, as far as how 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 deep it was. Like no. it, it is insane. I'm probably gonna re-listen to that podcast. Like that might be my my monthly listen. It's just like yo, this musically what he did was like incredible. The only the only one that was close and they, and they did a podcast on on that sect was uh, Flower Boy by Tyler the Trader. That might be the closest thing as far as like a producer and a rapper who's going to make sure every note, key, chord, everything makes sense throughout the entire album. Like Tyler the Creator, and I'm not saying Tyler the Creator is on Kanye West's level, but he would be probably the closest person to what you're talking about when it comes to making everything sync up lyrically and musically in in one project. I mean, it was lyrically, musically, story-wise, like just mad, mad shit that I would never even, that nobody else would have ever even thought of. And if they have, please point me to them. Because like, it's, it going back and listen to it, it's mind-blowing, like how he, how he tied everything together, closed the loop on like different ideas and concepts and how he used featured artists and things of that nature. Things that we would just look over like, yo, he's got Chief Keef on this song. Like, why is why is Kanye West rapping with Chief Keef or King Louie or something like that? Or why is he sampling all these Jamaican artists? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, he made it all make sense. And, and like, even uh, at, at the end of uh, New Slaves, yeah, at the end of New Slaves where there's that sample or whatever, like, the end part where the person's talking is like a guy singing like Hungarian or something like that. But then when they translate it to English, it pretty much like tells the end of the album. It's 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 insane. Like it's it's some real next level shit. I'm like, I'm like, yo. And I'm like there's and, and that's where I was saying, like, yo, is the 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 art the the leader of the podcast or the host of the podcast, is he projecting this? But I, I feel like there's no way that he could project it where it fit perfectly. You know what I'm saying? It's too many coincidences. He's like, yo, this happened to mean this, and then it, it ended up being this. Even like the sample for Bound, like it's like, yo, if you listen to the second verse, this ties into the theme of the album. Like, yo, like who does that? That's crazy. And where does that stuff come from? Where does the inspiration come from? Where does where do you even get the idea to even think like, hey, this is what I'm trying to say. This is where I'm trying to go. This is the message I'm trying to portray. And it's like, that's why we that. And that's why I don't like when people talk about like, oh, this person's a goat or this person has classics or this person is a legend. Like those words have to mean something. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to disrespect like the likes of Corday or Gunna or Lil Baby or anything like that, or even Future, but they're not making music and creating art on that type of level that someone like Kanye West is doing. And I'm not saying that their music is bad because I like all those artists. I, I'm a fan of all their music. I listen to their music. There's no problems with what they're doing, but we can't act like that what Corday does is on the same level as what Kendrick Lamar is doing. We can't act like what J. Cole is doing is on the same level of what Kanye West is doing. Like there's there's levels to these things. And it's not it's not any disrespect and it's not any shade. But uh I, I listened to an interview that No ID did where he was saying that uh there are two types of artists. 
there's artists that make stop signs and there's artists that make uh, Mona Lisa's. Like there's stop signs everywhere. Stop signs are recognizable in every country. Everybody sees that. They know what it is. It's and and that's fine. Like we're not we're not going to act like stop signs aren't important. Stop signs are needed. We we imagine driving wherever you are and there not being stop signs anywhere. Like madness would ensue. So stop signs are needed. They're valuable, but they're everywhere. Mona Lisa's. There's only one of those, and that's kind of what music can be viewed as. So someone like the Migos, Gunna, Lil Baby, Future. Ludacris, they make stop signs. Artists like Kanye West, Outkast, Beyonce, Kendrick, they're making Mona Lisa's. Not saying one is better than the other, but we have to distinguish between the two. Not, not one is better than the other. This is like a appreciate <laughs> grain. It's like again, this goes back to the whole <laughs> argument, like with the it's all, it's all about it, it depends on where you're at. Like if I'm if I'm driving, if I'm in the club, I don't want to hear Kendrick. I don't want to hear. Uh, I don't want to hear uh, certain Kanye West songs. I don't want to hear certain Beyonce songs. But if I'm in the club, I want to hear Migos. I want to hear Ludacris. I want to hear Future, and they thrive in that area. Like it's it's all about where you're at and where the music is. Like Kendrick is not always better than J Cole. There's certain there's certain well not J Cole. That's not a, Kendrick is not always better in certain settings as drake is like there's certain settings where drake is played where it's, it's a lot better for him yeah I, I i don't like the whole thing about oh you know subjective blah blah subjectivity like dog I, I, if you, you it sure but if you tell me mcdonald's is better than insert any anything better then i'm like i can't take you seriously like we that's yeah. cool if that's how you feel that's fine you do that over there with all the other dirty people eat mcdonald's so Chan, yes. I don't go to clubs. Not anymore. I, I think the last time, one of the last few times I was in the club, somebody got shot. So I'm just like, yep, not for me. I'm not. They be in there a while. I'm not trying to get clapped, man. It ain't it ain't worth it, man. If you really think about it, like the emphasis that people put on like club music, like the club is only open so many nights for so many hours. Like It still it, matters, though. It, it matters, but I'm just saying, like in the grand scheme of things, like, yo, I can listen to all this other music from the time I wake up until what the two or three hours you're in the club. Yeah. And you're not even listening to entire like desire. You listen to like the, the peak songs for these songs. You listen to the singles kind of thing. And it's just like kind of uh, where you're, I guess when you're judging music, it should be, I guess just judge like just sitting there and just doing nothing but listening to the music and you judge it off of that. You know, like it's hard to dissect and understand you know, lyrics and production while you're sitting in a club. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get that. It makes sense. Yeah. So kind of pressing forward. So the part two of the, the Genius documentary came out. And and what, what I hope, because I'd always like, so even like before Twitter was out, I'd always like, yo, I wish, and again, Twitter's trash. But <laughs> I, I was like, yo, it'd be kind of cool just to know what random person was doing. Or you don't think like, yo, I'd, I'd love to have been in the studio when this artist made this song or whatever. And most of the time, it'd be Kanye West. And what do you know? That's what we happen to get with this part, too. Like, again, shout out to, shout out to Kanye West, first and foremost, and, and Cootie for having the foresight to even do this. Yes. Like, this is, 
this is this is unprecedented. Maybe maybe there's something else. That's, that's Diddy's, Diddy's doing this. He's doing this too. Who? Diddy. He does. He he has a camera crew around him at all times. I don't know if he still does, but he's well, got. I'm saying like from the beginning though. Like this was the, this was the turning point in his career. You know what I'm saying? Like these were this episode showed critical moments in 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 the legend of Kanye West. So. Yeah. I'm on complex.com, so they have uh, pretty much seven re- revelations for part two. And I also hope there's more film. Like, I hope I hope, I hope there's more film. Like, there's got to be more film. I feel like they saw this and, like, yo, want to keep some more stuff from the tuck. Allegedly, there's, like, 400 more hours of film somewhere. Please release all of it. I don't care how it is, how it's cut. I'll pay whatever for it. But we'll, we'll, we'll go through the seven, the seven quote-unquote revelations. Um, the first one is Kanye West forced to issue an upon Jay Z's "The Bounce," which is on an underrated and one of my favorite Jay Z albums, "Blueprint 2. If you oh, know, um, and, and, it, and I kind of got my timelines crossed. I was like, "Damn, the bounce was before College Dropout or Blueprint 2 before College Dropout?" I was like, oh, "Yeah, it was." So, but yeah, like it, even from the first part of the documentary, like the one thing that I picked up from this documentary so far is that like Kanye West is like a rapper's rapper, like. He be rapping like he has no he has no fear. Just like yo, let me rap this song for you. Let me rap this song. Let me play this song for you. Let me let me rap this song for you. Let me rap for you. Let me rap for you. Like he he does not care. Like I I didn't realize his his passion for rapping was that high because like his it, it almost seems like him being a, a super producer comes like with no effort. It's just like yeah, like I I want to rap like whatever. I, yeah, this beat this, this album with triple platinum. I produced all these single, all these these platinum singles, whatever. I just want like I want to rap, and it's like yo, like, and I can see kind of how people may have not taken them seriously because like yo, like yo, dog, like your your money is in production. You are you are ferocious at producing tracks, so I could see like maybe with the Dame Dash where it would have made them kind of dismiss him, but it, it was kind of cool seeing him rap with Jay Z on that song and have Jay Z give him tips in the booth. And you could tell that wasn't like the final version because this verse was a little different. Yeah, they, they, they changed it. As far as like his delivery, but that, yeah. that was kind of cool seeing him and Jay Z interact. And even then, Jay Z kind of seemed still seemed a bit like dismissive. He was like, "Oh yeah, Kanye West, he's fire." Like, all right. then, even on that song, because I remember listening to that song, and they didn't credit him as Kanye West on that song. Oh shit! Like, yeah. I'm not saying that they didn't. I'm sure his name was on there, but they didn't. Like and I, I maybe I should look maybe I'll, I'll look right now. I don't think they have like the bounce featuring Kanye West. I don't think that's how it is. But just speaking on Kanye West being a rapper's rapper and really trying to be like a legitimate MC. Like you can't you can't be around rappers like Most Def, Talib Kweli, Scarface, Ludacris, Beanie Siegel, Freeway, and Jay Z, and think that you can go in there with weak bars, thinking like, oh, I'm gonna try to be a rapper. Like you have to step your game up. You have to be better. Oh, they have Kanye West in there now. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go look, see if I have the old CD cover because I'm pretty sure that they, they did not credit him on that. They did not list him as a feature. But if you're Kanye West and you're walking into these studios with these rappers, you can't go in there with weak bars and think that they're going to take you seriously. Like, he's around. Like, these are some of these rappers are, like, all-time greats. Like, Scarface is an all-time great rapper. Like, Jay-Z is Jay-Z. You know, Ludacris is Ludacris at that time. Beanie Siegel Freeway, you can't go in there with them with some whack bars and think like, oh, most deaf is gonna co-sign me with it. Like 
you you gotta you have to have a song like two words. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta have a verse like that. And that's <laughs> I, I I I give Kanye a lot of credit for for being confident in himself, but also having the talent and ability to back up that level of confidence. Because you can't be that confident without being as talented. Because if you anybody can be that confident, anybody can fake that level of confidence. But if you don't have the talent to back that up, it's gonna be a long day for you. And yeah, also too, also too, like uh, the the part where he met Pharrell and he played him through the wire, and he was like, "Yo, he's like he didn't realize how great of a rapper he was." And I'm like, "Damn, when did Pharrell start rapping? Like, did Kanye West low key inspire Pharrell to rapping?" Um, if you've never heard Pharrell rap, he is a terrible rapper, but he gives a lot of effort. But yeah, for rapper producers, he's definitely at the bottom bottom tier. But that like Pharrell was impressed. And it's like, and they're and he's talking to Pharrell, right? Another super producer. It's just like, yeah, you're a super platinum, you know, producer, but like you're actually rapping at a high level too. It just it just blows my mind that he's just like in the moon Pharrell, just casually like, yo, let me play you my song. Like the Pharrell's like, yo, this shit is fire. You know what I'm saying? Like when Pharrell is telling you your shit is fire, like your shit is fire. Like I don't know how Jay-Z and them just like whatever, and I like. Keep moving, but buddy. He hates every art. It, I don't want to say he hates, but he has an issue with a lot of his artists. Like you listen, listen to Big Brother now. That's a diss song at Jay Z. I don't care what no one says. That's a diss record. Jay Z is dissing Jay Z. Kanye is dissing Jay Z all through that record. I mean, okay, so we'll, we'll probably get to that part of that part. Uh, let's see the whole uh, the details with the uh, college dropout being shelved uh, after the car accident. Like this episode was kind of foul. Like this paints Rockefeller in a very foul way. Like, he has here five fighting for his life, like stealing studio type, borrowing studio type from other artists. Like that's that is insane. That Yo, is insane. Shout, shout out shout out to Nash because I didn't know this at the time, but I, I tweeted out that uh kind of imagine almost losing your life because you're overworked working on an album for Petey Crack. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> That was who he was working with. You're working with Petey Crack and you almost died. And Nash told me that that album never came out. So the stuff that he was working out never dropped for Petey Crack and you almost died. Are you kidding me? I would be so pissed. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, man, that, that was kind of foul. Like, and again, that, that goes to Kanye's drive. Like, again, hate him or love him, man. Like, I know Kanye gets a bad rap and I, I feel like they're going to do the whole like anime time skip thing because. There's a I'm lot so of ground going to be covered in this last so episode. Like it's, it's up to the present, so there's a lot going to be happening. So hate him or love him, man. The dude had to drive. Like the, he he did what he had to do to get where he had to get. He bent himself, anyone. Um, I didn't really know the part that he funded through the wire video. Uh, I guess it cost him thirty three thousand dollars, which again he probably had it, but it's it's the principle. Like yo, I am a signed artist to one of the biggest you know, rappers in the game, and I'm out here pulling money out of my own pocket while producing tracks for Petey Crack, you know yes. what I'm saying, and giving out beats to other people, and y'all can't fund me for a video? Like, are you serious? Like, what kind of management is going on over there at Rockefeller, man? Like, what is, like, yeah, man. This this might be a surviving Rockefeller situation, like, <laughs> that that is crazy. It just, it doesn't look good on Rockefeller's part. It just makes it seem, because you see the acts that they were playing, like when they were when they went to Dame Dash's house, and they had, I don't know, I couldn't tell if it was a male or female, but that young rapper that was in there rapping whatever garbage they were doing. <laughs> I didn't want to say nothing, but <laughs> and they, they, who is like, 
what is this? And then Kanye West comes in and does his song. You're just like, yeah, this is way better. And Dame's not even in the room. Like, Dame Dash is not even there. And he's like, all right, I got to go. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, Jay-Z can, like, Jay-Z just, like, Dap Smoke says, oh, this is cool. I got to go. And, like, and, and I kind of I kind of get it. And this is a thing that I'm glad that we've uh, advanced and, and evolved from when it comes to, like, A&Rs and labels and stuff where they sign an artist and that artist is is successful. And instead of trying to branch off, they continue to just sign up, sign more artists that sound just like that artist. Like, they just continue to recycle that same formula and put it on. Because if Rockefeller happens in 2020... Kanye West is signed a lot faster and pushed out a lot faster than he what he was back in in two thousand like two thousand one two thousand two. Like they hear what Kanye's doing, they hear the sound that he's doing, and they're like, "All right, this is something a little bit different, and we can make something work with this. We're going to push this out now, as opposed to doing the same thing over and over again with these artists that we already have." I think they were more focused on the image than the, than the music because like all their artists were like kind of grimy gutter. Artists. Exactly. Kind of stupid. Like, how do you how do you hear hear the music this dude's doing? Just be like, nah, we good. But I mean, I guess at that time, I mean, you had rappers like Tri- Tribe Called West back in the day. So I, I'm just saying in general. Like, put that for for the for the for Dame Dash and Jay Z to be such astute businessmen, you would think like, yo, you have to diversify what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like it. Maybe they're not as good as businessmen as I, they make themselves out to be. But they they were lucky. They got lucky. Fair. We can just say like what Kanye was, and it, 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 it's it's not a shot at them, but sometimes that that's what it takes. Like there's plenty of people that have made millions and billions of dollars off of luck, not skill, just luck, or being born to the right family. Like it happens that way. Not everybody is this astute, genius, smart, god level business person. Like sometimes shit just falls in your lap. <laughs> you yeah. Yeah, okay, heard the uh, the George Foreman story? No. So the George Foreman, yeah. So George Foreman and Hulk Hogan had the same agent at the time, and uh, the agent called Hulk Hogan first and said, "Hey, we can give you uh, this grill, or we can give you this uh, like blender, like a drink blender." And Hulk Hogan didn't answer the phone, so he called George Foreman and gave him the same two offers, and George Foreman selected the grill. And the rest is history. Like, there's a George Foreman grill, and then there's this Hulk Hogan shake thing that we've never heard of. And George Foreman didn't do nothing to do that. He just answered the phone, and that's luck. And it happens like that. Shit. Oh, I need that phone call to come to me. So if somebody wants to offer me a million dollar deal, let's, let's make it happen. Um, the whole thing about him wanting Dave Chappelle to play Jesus and Jesus Walks, eh, I don't really care. Dave Chappelle would have done that today. He definitely would have. Kanye West signing to be the best rapper in the game. Eh, don't really care. Um, I could see him using College Dropout as his rehabilitation to revive his spirit. So that he put his ass into that album. Like I, I, I just like this 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 documentary and that podcast has like reinvigorated my my Kanye West. It's Stanhood. I know that uh, Tech already accused me of being a stand, but like I again, I've said this before in the podcast. Like I rarely listen to Kanye West, if ever. But I I just like download all his albums so they can be saved on my phone. I listen to it always. I'll probably run them back now. But um, I, yeah, I, I'm definitely like I said. I'm listening to the, the dissect on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy because that that is. 
I like the album, but like I listened to it so much when it first came out that like I don't think I had. Uh, I I lost the uh, perspective and I don't appreciate it as much because I listened to it so much. I'm just tired. I was tired of hearing it. So I, I have to listen to this and now I can find more ways to appreciate the album. George Foreman is apparently Chan Lee's mother's cousin. Let me get a grill on the Lodo. Grills up. Um, what, were those all the rev- revelations that Complex was able to? Um, let's see. He was excited to give his speech for a college dropout. That was a great speech. That was a great speech. Nice speech. I, I I don't know. If, I'm sure I've seen that before. I, I don't remember it, but that was a that was a great speech, man. Kanye West is that dude. Like again, I didn't, I, I didn't know that was for his first album. Though. I thought that was for like his second one. Like he came out the gate like that. That's yeah. That's the Kanye that y'all miss. That's the old Kanye that y'all want back. No, it's not. <laughs> like y'all don't want that dude back. He's or he's the same guy. That yeah. is the same arrogant, cocky guy that you guys dislike now. It's the same person. He did it off of his first album. Yeah. But there was Man. a there was a part in the in the documentary where he was walking down the street before his album even got greenlit and he's talking about selling 10 million records. He did that at when he got signed. He did that at the uh the press conference that Dane Dash called him out on him. He was like, "Hey, go ahead and speak on what you want to do here." And Kanye was just telling him like, "Yeah, I'm going to sell millions of records here. I'm going to sell tens of millions of records here." Like what? What like who does that? Who comes out the gate more? Who comes out the gate like that saying, like, hey, I know you guys have heard of me as a producer, but me as a rapper, I'm going to sell 10 million uh albums on Rockefeller Records. Like that's what I'm going to do. And then and one of the other things that I saw that kind of stood out to me is when they were uh recording the vocal oh the master shooting the vocals for uh with Jamie Foxx for uh, uh, Slow Jams. It was at, it was a studio in Jamie Foxx's house and they had a picture of Ray Charles in there. thought that was pretty interesting to see that, like to, oh, yeah. to, to know that what was happening, like what was coming. Cause that was, he didn't get Ray until goal, until late registration, which was like two years later. So to see that kind of, I, I don't, like, I, I would have loved to know, like I'd like to ask Jamie Foxx now, like, hey, why was that picture there? Like, did you know something? Were you, is there was there inspiration? Did you know that you were going to get that role? Was there a conversation, or was it just you're a big fan of Ray Charles and what he does, and he's just someone that inspires you in the studio? I would I would have loved for them to kind of dive into that. I mean, as a classically trained pianist, I feel like Jamie Foxx would have to be a fan of Ray Charles. Facts. I feel like that that. As and a then, black classically pianist, I feel like if you're not somebody fails you at some point in your life. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited for the the third part. And again, I hope there's there's some footage, more footage out here because like again, this is this is some incredible stuff on this documentary, man. I highly recommend it, even if you hate Kanye West, um, whatever he has drama, it is what it is. Um, but I think uh, like with the Yeezus album, I think he is misunderstood a lot like i was randomly online today looking for t-shirts and uh i, I remember there was a a time where kanye west was selling like a t-shirt that was like a hundred dollars and that was like a big deal right i was like you know they're like oh kanye west you know he's blah 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 he's selling hundred dollar t-shirts yada 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 but it's just like but when other people do the exact same thing 
Yeah, it's not pro- not even white people. Like shit, I'm on I'm on billionaire boys ice cream.com. Pharrell's t-shirts. He's got a t-shirt right now that is $112. A t-shirt. Not a collar shirt, not a polo shirt, a t-shirt. But like that, that's that's not prop. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 just he, I guess he's become so polarizing that like he he can't do anything. Like, you know, he's having his his issues with the, the mother of his children or his wife or whatever, but can he go about things probably a better way? Sure. But like he, he's, you know, he's the guy that wears his emotions on his sleeves at all times. It's just, it's gotten to where he's at, you know, I, I, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a, been a hell of a ride for Mr. West, but um, I will say personally that I'm not excited for this last episode only because the first two episodes and I will say this is one of the better music documentaries I have seen because there's not a lot of documentaries that have this type of intimate behind the behind the behind the scenes footage where they show like the person's literal beginnings to superstardom. They're like, you're not going to find anything like this. So I, I'm not saying it's a bad documentary, but it's been two episodes, an hour and a half each, three hours in total. We've gone three hours into this documentary and we're only at the beginning of late registration, which is, which is the Kanye's second solo album. And you're telling me that within another hour, unless this next episode is gonna be three or four hours long, if this next episode is an hour and a half long, you're telling me within an hour and a half, we're gonna go from the end of college dropout up until now? Because if that's the case, we are leaving a lot of open holes. We're leaving a lot of things on the cutting room floor. We're leaving decades of material and storylines and controversies and relationships and albums and changes in his life. We're we're about to like speed through Kanye's whole career essentially. And if that's the case, if that's what happens, then this documentary should have just ended at late registration. Like they should this no, the next episode, that next episode should have just went up through, you know, graduation. And it's like and now you kind of see where Kanye West goes, but like, I don't, I don't want this to happen. I don't want it to be just we're gonna go from college dropout to Donda two. Like, you can't do that in an hour and a half. Well, I think, I think there is, I, I like I said, I think there, I think they said, and I haven't confirmed this, but I think there is more film available. And I think this is just like the first of hopefully many documentaries. So I think this, I think this story is gonna kind of be like. I think it is part, partly promo for Donda 2 and the STEM player. Um, but I also think it's going to show like, yo, I think the, the I guess the, the story arc is going to be, uh, I guess how his life is spiral out of control after his mom dies. That's what I would guess is going to be. And then you can't rush forward to you can't rush this stuff. I just don't see how it's going to be good if you rush through that part of his life. That's a big point. That's a big turning point. You know? Yeah. Well, but, but also, too, I, like I said, I, I don't see, and Joe Budden said that Kanye West probably had a hand in this, like, creatively, but I haven't seen his name on any of, like, the, the credits. I mean, so, and remember, Cootie was like, yo, he left and went on tour. So there there could be gaps in film. Maybe he stopped banging. He, I don't know. Came back. he came back at uh, late registration time to do uh, the Jesus Walks video, the, the original one. Like, he well, was back. Like, and that's what we were talking about the last week, where it's just like, there had to have been a point where, because Kanye West can be neurotic, and there's going to be people that get cut out of his life for periods of time. 
I can, I can understand if that's the case, but if you're telling me that Cootie has footage from late registration all the way up to Donda and we're just not going to see it, then I think that's a that's a missed opportunity to tell the full story. Because in my opinion, I feel like Kanye West is an artist that you can make multiple, you can make multiple like last dance s type documentaries about Kanye West. Like you can do a last dance type of documentary on just the relationship between Kanye West and Jay-Z. Like I can you can give me 10 hours of just that of Kanye West growing up idolizing Jay-Z, doing like trying to imitate Jay-Z, making beats for Jay-Z, trying to rap for Jay-Z, getting ignored by Jay-Z, finally begrudgingly given a chance by Jay-Z, becoming a star and Jay-Z finally finally acknowledging him as a peer. And then Kanye West out rapping him when he gets to, you know, uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and Watch the Throne and becoming a bigger star than Jay-Z and now surpassing Jay-Z in artistry, in money, in fame, in celebrity, and then kind of reconciliating with each other. Like that, that's 10 hours just right there with just those two people. So for them to go from late registration to Donda in an hour and a half, it's, it's not enough. Well, like I said, hopefully I feel like there'll be be more film. So I'll, I'll be I'll be waiting to see what what they do. We'll definitely talk about it next week. Um, just as we wrap uh, the stem player. So Donna two was supposed to come out <laughs> on 2-22-2022, which it didn't, which a lot of people predicted. But then he, he did a lot a live stream and they said they got the stem player. I went to the, the website. Um, and I was actually trying to see if there was somewhere I could uh, listen to the music bootleg, which people said there would be. But uh, so if you go to KanyeWest.com, the stem player is on there for 200 bucks. But again, like I said, I've been off Twitter, so I, I haven't heard a lot of the opinions or whatever. I haven't seen anything about the stem player, so I don't know if it's legit or is it worth buying? Is the music worth hearing? Like, I remember when they first showed the clips of the stem player, and a lot of people thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever until Kanye West wanted to sell his music on there. So it's it's one of those things where, again, like, he, he's trying to do things that are different. You know, he's trying to shift the paradigm. He's trying to be his own boss. And when he does that, people look at him crazy until it works. You know what I'm saying? So I would get one of these. Like, I think, I think they're actually pretty cool. I, I would hope that you can do some more stuff with it musically like how they were showing where you could like you know remix uh-huh. stuff and take vocals off of it i mess around with that i think that'd be kind of fun you can do that you're there's a way you can play music on there you can just make it towards just vocals or just the production or just the bass or just um i can't remember what the fourth because i watched like a video review of it I think my only issue with the Stimpler, I think where Kanye kind of dropped the ball, not dropped the ball, but, you know, kind of messed up with this, is that he made it an extra, like, thing you have to hold on to. Like, if this was an app that you could use where you can do all the same things, I think a lot more people would be uh, keen to using it and and even paying for it. Because I I think, like, people, someone like Tribbles, that's a DJ, I think that she would do crazy things with a Stimpler, but as an app on your phone that you can because you know how it is people are addicted to their phones and tell me i gotta hold a rubber plastic uh device in my hand that's not my phone to listen to music and and do all these different things with it and you can do a lot of cool things with the music like you can be playing the music 
And while it's playing, you can just drop out the vocals or drop out the drums or drop out the production or bring in the uh, product or the, the percussions in with the vocals or whatever. Like the simpler, the idea itself is a really innovative and cool idea. I just think the execution of it as far as like having it as a separate piece of equipment that you have to carry, like you can't, you can't have this with you at, or you're going to walk around with this in your pocket. Like, what are you supposed to do with this thing? Like, if this was an app on your phone that you could use and you still had to pay the $200 and still got, were able to do all the things that it does, I think a lot more people would be down with, with doing it. Yeah, well, I feel like there should be more stuff to come with this. So I, I might actually do some research. I might get one. If I get one, I might make a make some Instagram videos on that. But while, while we're there as we wrap, shout out to the Instagram folks again. I've been slandering Twitter because Instagram is a so much more positive place. Like there's not there's not as much negativity like a lot of people on Instagram, especially in the gaming community, show love. Just want to give those guys and gals a shout out real quick. It's not everybody, but it's the guys and gals I rock with the most so far. I definitely want to add to the list. But shout out to Socrates underscore 47. He's out there in Ireland. Shout out to him. Uh, DG underscore Shaggy. Elders Might. Infinite underscore Halo underscore Nadia underscore Spicy Basil. Veterans underscore Noobs and Amadeus underscore Deception. Uh, right now, I'm at 193 followers. I'm on the journey to 200. I'm trying to set a goal for the end of the year, which I haven't come to figure out yet. But once I do, then I'll definitely push my agenda to get to that goal. You know, we're gonna we're gonna channel Kanye West's uh, confidence and, and reach these 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 benchmarks and goals. Instagram is actually pretty cool as far as like what you can do. What they do need to do though is is I will say that TikTok, as far as like things you can do editing videos, is way better. As far as doing it quicker, um, yes. Just uh, as far as like a pro tip. Uh, if you're not like a bigger, if you don't have a bigger following already, allegedly the algorithm will punish you if you're posting videos on Instagram that have like the TikTok logo in it, which sucks right. because there's no way you can crop all that stuff out. But yeah, TikTok's editing features are like very cool. Like I have, I have the same videos on like my TikTok that I have on like Instagram and like I'm about to drop one tomorrow just remix the one I did just to show like, yo, this is what, this is what you should be able to do on Instagram. I feel like Instagram at some point will eventually start copying them and add some more of the, the features on there. So, but yeah, shout, shout out to you guys and gals. Appreciate it. But other than that, you got any shout outs? Um, shout out to baby Tate. Uh, she tweeted me today. I was talking about the stuff that she's been doing with Dreamville. Uh, just real quick song of the week. I'm going to go with a song called power by earth gang. It's on their new album called uh, ghetto guys and, We'll probably do this after the uh, Kanye West stock is over. But uh, we're getting to the end of the first quarter in March as far as music goes. And I think right now, excluding Nas's magic, I think I have five really solid uh, choices for the top five best albums of uh, 2022. Like, there's actually been some good music that's been coming out. So I'm just going to go with the uh, power by Earth Gang featuring CeeLo Green and Nick Cannon. And I know the Nick Cannon thing is like, well, what? But nah, it works. It's it's a great song. This album is actually, might be the best album of uh, 2022 so far. Yeah, I, I've been I've been slacking. I, like I said, I've been listening to these podcasts. I've actually been going through a couple of different apps because like, 
when I'm playing Xbox, I use Spotify because Title doesn't have like any type of interface on there. And then when I'm in my car, I use Spotify sometimes. And then like they have Title in my car or whatever, but the interface like kind of locks up. Um, actually, you know what? My song of the week is gonna be uh, from Metallica. It's called from the album Master of Puppets. Uh, the song is called Master of Puppets. Um, I recently looked up like the top 10 heavy metal albums of all time. And one list had this on top of it. And Metallica recently got added to title. Uh, they weren't on uh, DSPs for a long time. So I checked it out. And the song is pretty fire. It's called Master of Puppets from the album Master of Puppets from Metallica. So that is my song of the week. Definitely give it a run. But other than that, shout out to El Chapa, shout out to Tech Messiah, shout out to Tribble, shout out to Jeff Queen, shout out to KJ, shout out to Rev, shout out to Amfro, the sneaker guide. Shout out to everybody out there who rocks with us. Definitely drop a review on Apple Podcasts, drop a five star. Definitely help us out a lot. Happy Black History Month. Just shout out to y'all, man. Y'all are great. Uh, shout out to Chan, shout out to King Quest, shout out to Lowski. Again, if we miss you and you know we rock with us, DM me or something like that. I'll shout you out next week. Shout out to Jay Free. 88 the homie um yeah we, we out here getting it in per usual you know what i'm saying the most consistent longest running podcast but the you know the realest stories all that all that stuff but anywho uh unless you got nothing then we out peace <laughs>